0: TED Audio Collective. I study stress because lots of things used to stress me out. Speaking in front of large crowds, giving someone feedback, receiving feedback, being in situations that are uncertain. And what's one of those situations that is really consequential? Negotiations. Talk about stress. Will I get what I want? Are they taking advantage of me? What are other people getting? Am I being too pushy? Do I need to push more? Negotiations can be really challenging. So how can we best prepare for these difficult conversations? I'm Madhup Akhenola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is Ruchi Sinha. She's an organizational psychologist who studies how we manage relationships at work. And in this talk, she outlines three clear steps for preparing for a negotiation and helps us understand how to get what we want. Then afterwards, I'll talk to one of my favorite people and mentor, Linda Babcock, who co-wrote a book on gender dynamics in negotiation called Women Don't Ask. Linda will offer some additional tips on how women in particular can navigate negotiations and how organizations can make these processes more equitable. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work.
2: Impending deadline?
1: Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So Brainstorm got too big. Ooh.
2: Summarize with AI in a click. click, click, click. Writer's block.
1: Release with Canva magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at Canva.com. Designed for work. Canva.
0: Yeah. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well... All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com thematic
2: investing.
1: We think about being tough. We charge in like it's a battle, brandishing our influence and our power moves. But a negotiation doesn't have to be a fight with winners and losers. Think of it more like a dance, two or more people moving fluidly in sync. We constantly negotiate at work. We negotiate for higher pay, promotions, vacations, and even greater autonomy. In fact, every day we negotiate just to get our job done and to secure resources for ourselves and our teams. And yet, when we go in with the wrong mindset, with our fists up, ready to fight, we aren't as successful. You know why? Because negotiation is not about dominating. It's about crafting a relationship. And relationships thrive when we find ways to give and to take and move together in unison. And to do that, you have to be well-prepared. First, do your research. Figure out whether what you're asking for is realistic. What is your aspiration? What do you want? And what will make you walk away from the table? This might seem obvious, but too many people don't think it through. Let's say you're negotiating for a salary in a new job. Some people, they determine their ask based on their past salary. That isn't a good yardstick. You may end up asking for too much or too little. Instead, Find out the range of what is possible. Look at industry reports' websites. Talk to people in your professional network to find out the lowest, average, and the highest salary for a similar role. And then make your ask closer to that upper limit. Build a solid rationale for why you are above average and thus deserving of that ask. Let's say you're negotiating for something less black and white, like the ability to work from home, to care for an aging parent, You need to study your company's policies on remote work. Ask yourself, when and why were these policies developed in the first place? Talk to trusted mentors to understand how working from home might affect issues that aren't on your radar. And think about how changing to working from home might actually affect others in your team. In fact, make a table summarizing the parts of your job that can be done remotely, and the parts that require face-to-face interaction. This may sound like a lot to do, but when the person you're negotiating with sees that you've done all this homework, you're more likely to get that yes. It also helps you avoid being lied to while building the person's respect. Second, prepare mentally for the negotiation. Asking Mm -hmm. for things can get emotional. They're real and complex feelings at play. Fear, anxiety, anger, even hurt. It's essential to have strategies in place to manage those feelings. One strategy is to adopt a mindset of defensive pessimism. That just means that you accept obstacles and failures are likely in a negotiation. So it's better to put your energy in imagining the ways to overcome those obstacles. That way, you're ready to respond when you face it. Another strategy is emotional distancing. That is the idea of being less attached to any specific outcome. I know it's easier said than done, We all feel emotions like anger and hurt when our core identities are being threatened. When your manager may be challenging a truth that you hold dear about yourself, like you're a hard worker and you deserve this. Try and avoid thinking of negotiations as the ultimate test of your worth. Go in knowing that your request might be met, that it might be denied, and that none of this is a measure of your worth. Also know that if you feel yourself getting upset, hurt during a negotiation, it's okay to step back. You can leave the dance floor and move up to the balcony. Just say, let me think about this a little more. Could we press pause and continue this tomorrow? The third and the final way you can prepare for negotiations is by putting yourself in the other person's shoes, taking the time to anticipate the other's needs and challenges. What pressures may they be under? What risks would they be taking? do they even have the power to give you what you're asking for? What ripple effects might a yes mean? When you make that request, look to balance assertiveness about your own needs with a concern for the other. As you lay out your case, use phrases like, I'm asking for this because I know it's good for my team, that I want to achieve X and Y goals, and I know this is what will enable it. Arguments like that show that you're ambitious, you know what you want, but you also care for others. So many of our negotiation missteps, they don't actually come from disagreements, but misunderstanding the other person. So it's important to listen well, to ask why and why not. And you will surely find unexpected opportunities for win-win solutions.
0: To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hi, Linda. Hi, it's nice to be here, Madupe. One big part of your work that I often cite that I use for myself is focused on the idea that women don't ask, which is a book that you wrote. Tell us more about that book, why
2: you decided to write it, and the key insights you gained from that. Yeah, so I had been teaching negotiation at that point for probably 10 or 15 years, and people would always ask me about gender differences, and I would say, oh, you know, there aren't gender differences, that's kind of a thing of the past. And then I had this experience that really opened my eyes. Um, I was the program director for the PhD program in my college. Mm -hmm. And one day I had this group of female PhD students in my office really, really upset. And they wanted to know why the male students had been assigned to be teaching classes and they had been assigned to be teaching assistants. And so I, you know, kind of stormed down to the associate dean's office to confront him about, you know, this discrimination. And that person was actually my husband. And so I kind of go into his office, you know, why have you done this? And we sat down and kind of figured out that each of the male PhD students had come to him to ask to teach a class. You know, they said something like, I'm going to be on the job market. This is going to be really good for my career. Can I teach and then he said to me, you know, the women just didn't ask. And I wow. thought, wow, that's so interesting. And wow. when I went back to talk to the women, they said that they had figured that someone would send around an email saying, hey, who wants to teach? They were waiting right. for the opportunity. And somehow the men just knew that they needed to ask. And that really launched my two decades long career, of, uh, you know, understanding gender differences in negotiation.
0: Wow. I didn't. I never knew that story. I think that's so cool. And so what are other surprising things that you learned in this two decades that you have studied this topic? I
2: guess one of the, the biggest thing is how much you leave on the table when you don't negotiate. You know, think about someone starting their first job out of college or out of graduate school. And if they accept the job rather than negotiate for more, they can leave a million to $2 million on the table over the course yeah. of their career yeah. and lost wages yep. because of not negotiating. And that's that's really a big deal. And our research found that men were about four times more likely than women to negotiate in all kinds of domains. And so, you know, that could be about salary, but it could be about opportunity. It could be about a promotion, mm-hmm. um, lots of different things that you might negotiate at, at work. And it just led to men being able to advance faster than women, so it really matters for one's career.
0: Yeah, and so why? Why is it that women don't ask? I mean, you said before that part of it was they were expecting to be asked, but why else, what else is going
2: on? Yeah, we did some studies to really look at that, and what we found is that when women did negotiate, they experienced backlash. So we videotaped actors, Playing this script of negotiating in a job interview. And, you know, they'd been offered the position and they were negotiating about the salary. And what we found was that people viewing the videotapes, whether they were men or women, thought that the man negotiating was just great. It was perfectly appropriate. They liked him, thought it was fine. And they thought that the woman was a little bit too pushy and aggressive. And so what we found over a number of studies is that this was a really consistent pattern and that women did face this backlash for negotiating. So, you know, a woman, when she's thinking about, should I negotiate? She has to weigh the costs and benefits. You know, there would be a benefit because I might get more than, I was offered, Mm -hmm. but if it costs me more in the long run because they think I'm difficult or not a team player, that that can have a real impact in her success in an organization. And so women may actually be making quite a rational calculation when they decide to not negotiate. Um, You know, we did some research to find out what approaches that women could use that would be effective, but not produce this backlash. And what we found is that using what we call a relational account. That is, you create a relationship with the other person and you account for you know, why you're negotiating. And so what you wanna do in a negotiation is also solve their problem. So yeah. if I'm asking for a salary increase, you need to do it in a way that's going to be acceptable to them. You know, is there a different portfolio of work that I can be doing, you know, that would justify this approach? You know, if you can't give this to me now, what can I do so that you can give it to me in the future? You know, what are you looking for in order to See that this, an increased salary is a legitimate thing to ask for.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think in terms of tips for bosses or for organizations to ensure that women are getting these same opportunities, even though they might not be negotiating as much?
2: Yeah, you know, it depends on your organization. You know, some, some organizations are you eat what you kill. You know, that you have to kind of struggle for everything that you get. And in those organizations, it's going to produce a culture where men are negotiating and women are not. And you're going to have very unequal opportunity for salary and advancement. And so you really have to think about the culture. And am I creating a culture that's going to distribute resources equitably. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not, to start thinking about ways, other ways of allocating resources that's, you know, not negotiating. You know, some companies in in prior years have done things like had no negotiation policies. You know, we don't negotiate salary, we have a schedule, everybody gets paid the same. That is a way that you can try to reduce inequity in resources. Yeah. Another piece of guidance that I've appreciated from you
0: is uh, the guidance about having a no club. So could you tell us a little bit about what it means or your experience with having a club, a crew that supports you in negotiating, but also in saying no?
2: Yeah, so we started this club because we found that at work, we were doing a lot of things at work that didn't seem like they were core to our job. We were university professors, we were sitting on a lot of committees, we were doing a lot of mentoring, we were doing DEI initiatives, administrative tasks, and we noticed that our male colleagues were not doing these tasks as much as we were. And so we started this club to really think about how we were spending our time on our promotable work that was our research on teaching, you know, the stuff that would help us advance, and this other work that was important to the organization but wouldn't be rewarded. And so the club, we really got together, you know, over, over drinks once a month, to talk about this work we were being asked to do, and importantly, to figure out effective strategies for managing it. That might be saying no, it might be saying yes, and how do you say yes so that it's not so bad? And, yeah. and so, you know, we would use each other as, as resources for, I got this request, first of all is a good idea, No, it's not, typically, because if you have to ask, it probably isn't a good idea. Right, right, right. And second, you know, how do I decline it so that there isn't this backlash? And, you know, there's this research um, and book that Bill Urey wrote on saying no. And he suggests, you know, finding something you can say yes to, that is saying no to the request, but finding a way to help the requester. And so some of the strategies we use were, oh, you know, I think actually that George would be great at this and he's not doing so much of this work. Maybe you should ask him. Because the requester just wants their problem solved. Whether you say yes or or George says yes, you know, if you can point to someone else who it might actually be a good use of their time. Um, And so our club was really helpful for us to kind of have the courage and the words to decline some of these requests that were really taking us off track in terms of our work.
0: And I mean... Even as you describe that, that is a negotiation. What you're saying is your club is helping you to negotiate something that's a little bit less tangible than maybe a salary or something else, but it's still nonetheless taking up your
2: time, which is a valuable resource. Exactly. You know, when people come to me uh, for advice about negotiation, which they do a lot, um, they typically are, are trying to negotiate salary. And I really. Kind of question them and say, is that really the best thing to negotiate about that's going to get you the most success? Because what we've found is that negotiating about how you spend your time at work. What are the projects I'm working on? What are the tasks I'm working on? Are they the ones that are really instrumental to advancing your career? That's what you want to be negotiating about. And so we talked a lot about how to do that, how to find those tasks and how to negotiate to to get them.
0: Well, your work is so helpful um, to so many. And so I really look forward to what's in store. What else are you working on now?
2: Oh, just working on promoting the new book on on The No Club about unrewarded work and how women get saddled with that work. That's really agenda number one through 100.
0: (laughs) Yay. Good, good. We'll keep doing the promotion because we do need to hear and learn more and put into practice all that you write about and study. So
2: again, thank you so much. Great. Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: That's it for today. This episode was produced by Transmitter Media with help from Jordan Bailey and fact-checked by Matias Salas. And special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem and Colin Helms. I'm Madhu Bakanola. Talk to you again next week.